On this episode of That One Movie Podcast, we are going to review Argyle and The Holdovers. We'll start off spoiler-free for both of those, uh, and then we'll di- then we'll dive into spoilers. We'll warn you before we do so. If you want to jump straight to those reviews, look at those time codes down in the description, because beforehand, we are going to talk about some of the news from this week in the world of entertainment. Holden, what are, what are some of our stories this week? Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about the new Supergirl has been confirmed, as well as a new Lego movie apparently in development, and also uh, some Sonic 3 news. Uh, there's no trailers this week, Jimmy. So. Oh, no trailers. No. Well, the news will have to make do. Hopefully. Uh, if you want to jump to any of those stories, once again, look down in the time codes. Otherwise, stick around for the whole episode. We'd love to have you. I'm Jimmy Uthie. I'm Holden Sutter. And it's time for Tom. 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 That one movie podcast. Tom. Jimmy, before we talk Argyle and the holdovers, let's do some Toms. Let's do the Toms. Toms Toms. Toms is the rapid fire segment in which we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. We're just getting better and better, Holden, with these that intro and these cards. We really things. are, yeah, yeah. We we haven't had any any flubs the last couple weeks. So that's <laughs> you know. There. We're jinxing it, so <laughs> Anyway, no trailers this week, as we said previously. Broca, good. Nice. No movies are coming yeah. out. Good, thank you, we strikes. Hate movies. Yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> but on some uh, sad news, though, uh, Carl Weathers passed away. Yeah. Wow. What, was, what day was that? Was that Thursday? Something. Or Friday, Friday I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere. So Carl Weathers, most well known for uh, being in Predator, as well as playing Apollo Creed in uh, the Rocky series. Also in on the Mandalorian recently, mm-hmm. Grief Karga. Um, I also noted down here he has a very funny recurring role on Arrested Development. If, you, oh, if does you've he? seen that show, yeah, he's he's very good. Um, the coach in Happy Gilmore. Yes, that's right too. Can't remember his name. Apparently, also in Little Nicky. Probably. <laughs> I was just, I was I was looking at the list of movies. I was like, oh yeah, Happy Gilmore, oh, Little Nicky. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's sad. Uh, came out of nowhere. I uh, didn't know, you know, he's facing any health issues. Uh, he was a very good actor. Liked him a lot. I thought he was good on Mandalorian, even though I didn't like the new season. Really, Yeah. <laughs> he's still good. Yeah, uh, he's great in the Rocky movies. Like since I just watched those within the last year for the first time. Yeah, no, I, I will miss him a lot. It was very unexpected. I was like, I wonder if they had things planned for him in the Mandalorian and other things. Yeah, because he's like the, the mayor of that town or whatever. He's yeah, something like that. in charge of that one town. Um, so. There's also, there's there's like promos for him being in a Super Bowl commercial, I think, this year huh. uh, with Rob Gronkowski, the uh former tight end of the Patriots. Okay. Uh, so it just came, it was like, oh, wow, what? I did not <laughs> expect it. I didn't realize that he was, uh, you know, in his mid-70s. Sure. And uh, I believe that I saw that it was in his sleep. But um, definitely a, a broke on his career. I mean, the guy yeah. is a legend. He, you know, to cover so many facets from Star Wars to the Predator to, you know, Rocky to Happy Gilmore and those sorts of things. Yeah, He's just all yeah. over the place. And he was great in all of them. 
Yeah, he was fantastic. So, you know, rest in peace. Lots of charisma. Others. Yeah, lots of charisma. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but other news, Jimmy, uh, we talked about it briefly last week, but uh, Millie Alcock is officially Supergirl. Mm-hmm. So great. Uh, apparently, James Gunn has had her in mind for the role since seeing her in House of the Dragon because she's great in House of the Dragon. Makes sense. Uh, previously, people had been, I had been seeing that she was going to be in Superman Legacy, but James Gunn like said, he's like, I never said she was going to be in Superman <laughs> Legacy. So, I mean... Could be potentially, but uh, no, no confirmation or not. So I feel like James Gunn does the most like correcting of any like major person at a studio. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> no, that's not true. He's yeah. like, you know, some things are true. That one's not. I feel like he spends half his day on Twitter just like replying to people like, where did you get this information? This is not true. <laughs> Um, but I don't know that much about Supergirl as a character. Mm-hmm. I really haven't seen her in anything. I honestly don't think I've seen any Supergirl things, but I'm excited where James Gunn is going to take it. I like Millie Alcock a lot in uh, House of the Dragon, so Brokaw for me. Yeah, the so the Supergirl movie they announced last year, World of Tomorrow, is apparently based off of a very good comic run. I've read the guy who wrote that. I've actually read his, what is it? Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, uh uh, anyway, he's he's done a couple cool comic runs, uh, Tom King, uh, and I've read one of them, but I haven't read the Supergirl one yet. Mm. Apparently very good. We'll see. But yeah, Broca. There we go. Uh, anyway, uh, The Last of Us season two, Jimmy, apparently, and this ties into Argyle a little bit. Catherine O'Hara has been cast in a mystery role in this. Yeah. So Moira from Moira Rose. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, mom in, uh, home alone, home alone. Yeah. And the mom in Argyle, I yeah. guess. Yeah, so, uh, probably th- what people are going to recognize her the most as of right now. Is she in, what else has she been? Uh, in? she was in a lot of, uh, Christopher guest comedies in like the nineties, early two thousands, like best in show and stuff. But, um, I, I'm blanking on a lot of other things, but she's, Quite prolific, very, very good comedian. Um, Not the first person to come to mind when I think of The Last no, of Us yeah, Part 2. Yeah, it was, it was a bit surprising. Um, I don't know who she would play out of the characters in the game. I don't. Probably a new one. I'm imagining a new character similar to the lady in, what was it, Pittsburgh last season? Yeah, that yeah, they kind that of invented character. Something similar to that. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I like Catherine O'Hara. I just... Mm-hmm. We'll see about this role, I guess. So I'm kind of at a, I'm at a Bergeron. Yeah. Because it seems like an awkward fit, but I, I like her. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a Bergeron too. Uh, interesting casting. Um, and she's quite good, but yeah, we'll see. This, this season, I'm still hoping it's just going to be a, in between, but I don't think it will be. No, I don't either. <laughs> That's just my one hope for this that'll never come true. Uh, Jimmy, Sonic the Hedgehog 3 coming out later this year in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Jim Carrey is coming back as He's Dr. Back. Robotnik, <laughs> which is funny because uh, I, I don't have the exact quote here, but he had said that well, he said he was retiring unless like he had found like an exceptional script or something like that. We, we, we'd quoted him back when we first said he was going to retire. It was just like a very funny quote. And everyone was like, what if he just comes back for Sonic 3? And here he is. He's they back. just pulled up with a lot of money. Who's it? Absolutely. Paramount. Yeah, Paramount. Just dumped tons of money. He's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, haven't they been filming this 
for a long time already. Yeah, I mean, I I assume he's already filmed his his stuff and everything. Okay. It's, I, I don't know if this was officially released or if it was leaked or whatever, but I I believe I got it from Variety. Um, regardless, we just found out this. Um, and other actors uh, that were also recently announced include uh, Kristen Ritter, who plays Jessica Jones on the Jessica Jones show, and uh, Cristo Fernandez from Ted Lasso. I don't know who I, I I only noted him down because he was a Ted Lasso actor. So um, let's see, let's yeah. see, pulling up. Oh yeah, Danny Rojas, he's great. Oh, okay, cool. He's great. Yeah, so cool. It's um, cool. Jim Carrey's back. Yeah, Broca. I love Jim Carrey. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. Um, so I mean, Dr. Robotnik, whatever, but I'm just excited <laughs> to see Jim Carrey, your favorite role, Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. I mean, Jim Carrey is always good. I do recall when we saw Sonic two, we, we thought he was like the least funny part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, like as far, as far as like the comedic, it wasn't go. his fault. No, it wasn't think. his fault. Like he was, he was, he was committed. So good for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give a bro to that. The other actors, I like Kristen Ritter. If you like Crystal Fernandez, then yeah, Broca. There you go. That. Um, Jimmy, the movie critic, Tarantino's supposed final film, apparently going to star Brad Pitt. There we go. That's easy, does it? Yeah. Broca. I mean, Brad Pitt's was great in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's mm-hmm. great in Glorious Bastards, of course. So I'm excited to see what he does in this one. Yeah. I yeah. Two of his funniest movie roles are in Tarantino movies. So I think that's a that's a good combo. Yeah. It seems like well, he he's going to be the lead. As in, is the movie critic? I believe. It, it's going to be a female character, right? Yeah, the titular it, character anyway. Based, based on a, a female, real life female film critic. So I'm guessing it, he's not the titular film critic um, unless it's like loosely based on the story or whatever. But yeah, it seems to be in some, some leading role in some capacity. So cool. Awesome. I think he's great. I think it's a perfect fit. So that's why it's a broke off for me. Sweet. All right. Uh, this one is probably the weirdest bit out of this whole slate here. So there's a new Lego movie in development, Jimmy, uh, mm-hmm. and it's apparently a biopic about Pharrell Williams. <laughs> okay. Uh, singer of the, of the happy, happy song. Yeah. Very, very annoying Weary, song. Wearer of the Arby's hat. Oh, that's right. He does wear like an Arby style hat. <laughs> Um, but apparently this is due to Pharrell Williams being uninterested in like a regular biopic and wanting to tell his story through his relationship with Legos. Apparently he's a big Lego fan. So mm. interesting. It's going to be directed by Morgan Neville, uh, who did, uh, won't you be my neighbor? He's mostly in documentaries, including that the Steve Rogers or Mr. Rogers, uh, documentary, mm-hmm. uh, Steve, Steve Rogers. <laughs> um, what's the name of this? Uh, it's called piece by piece. Sorry. I didn't mention oh. that. It's called piece by piece. Brick by brick. Yeah, brick by brick. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, so it, it's <laughs> it's apparently all going to be animated in Lego. I assume it's not like stop motion. It's it's probably kind of Lego movie style. Um, but seems like an interesting concept. I don't like. I don't particularly like Pharrell Williams or anything or know that much about him. But it's certainly an interesting way to approach like a, a biopic story. So, and then if this is something, if he's like really passionate about Legos and stuff, that's kind of cool. Hey, yeah, it's kind of cool. I don't know if I'm all that excited about it, but it's unique. So I guess I guess I'll default to a Brokaw here. Yeah, I, it's a Brokaw for me just because it's such a strange like concept, and I'm kind of into it. I, apparently, I I think I saw it's coming out later this year. Like they're already a, a ways through development with it. So cool. We'll see later this year, I guess, how it turns out. But Brokaw. Mm, nice. 
Um, and my final piece of news, Jimmy, is apparently uh, frequent collaborators, Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan's, uh, they're doing another movie. Ryan Coogler uh, is director of the Black Panther films, as well as the first Creed movie. And then did he do Fruityville? Fruitvale Station. Fruitvale yeah, Station. Yeah, he did. Do, I think that was their first movie. Yeah. Um, but apparently they were collaborating again. It's going to be a vampire period piece uh, mm. with several studios and a bidding war for the project. Um, not much is more is known beyond that. Uh, Ryan Coogler, good director. I think Creed is, I, I Creed's been getting like a Renaissance on the internet recently. It makes me want to rewatch it, especially, I think it's partially because of Carl Weathers passing. Uh, cause he, there's a couple scenes that use kind of uh, archive footage mm-hmm. of him from the earlier Rocky movies. And that movie is so good. It is so well directed. I like. I want to rewatch that first Creed movie, but I still haven't seen any of the Creed movies. You absolutely should, especially that first one. Especially the third one. Yeah, well, third one's good. <laughs> I mean, Remember when the third one came out and everybody liked it? And now no one talks about it. Yeah, anymore? I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. I think that's a. They're a good combo. Uh, they've worked together really well. Michael B. Jordan obviously is. It was great with him and uh, and Black Panther as well. So yeah, absolutely. Cool I'll give it a Broca Vampire Period piece. Same Broca. Yeah. There we go. That's it for the news this week. It looks like. Yeah, I believe so. I, there was in terms of video games. There's that state of play. Did you watch? End up watching I did anything? Not watch anything. Uh, I briefly, I can just say that, uh, there was another death stranding trailer that was nine minutes long and it was just bizarre the whole time. (laughs) Granted, it was very funny, bizarre. There was a guy, there was a guy who had like a guitar gun. Oh, it was like an electric guitar. That That sounds like a Mad Max thing. It kind of does. That's, that's kind of what it felt like. Uh, there's, um, Leah Seydoux, the actress, she's in the first game, but she's in this game too. And she has this, like, she has like this mask, but it's gloves like covering her and the gloves move independent. It's so weird. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it without it. Just, I mean, I guess even if you see it, it's still quite bizarre. Anyway, who's the film director in this one? Uh, oh, George Miller. Yeah. Mad Max. Yeah. Mad Max. There 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 you go. go. Yeah, George Miller is at least his likeness is used. I don't know if he's actually acting in it. Um, there was also a trailer for a Metro VR game that I think went kind of under the radar, but it looks so good. It's mm. the Metro series. I'm quite a big fan of, but it's a new VR game. Apparently not PSVR exclusive because I think uh, there was a Meta Quest like upload on YouTube of the game like a few hours later. So okay. guessing it's coming to PC as well. Looks quite good though. Um, there was Rise of the Ronin stuff, but I didn't watch any of that. So I don't I'll know. Have what, to check that out. Yeah, it wasn't the most exciting state of play. I didn't watch everything, um, but there are a couple little little tidbits in there that were interesting. All right. Sweet. Yeah. As for Tom Pies this week, yeah. quick uh, review because it was a quick, very quick service. It was. It was. Yeah. They. Uh, I ordered and I went over to fill up the pop machine. And by the time I'd finished that, my food was already ready. Yes. So. Um, mine, the person was literally waiting for me to say the side. Like they like really? had the chicken ready. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, I need to tell them what side I want. Because mm-hmm. there was like, the guy at the, the counter. And then there was the guy behind him putting everything together. Mm-hmm. And I saw this guy pause. I'm like, why is he pausing? I'm like, oh. I need to say my side. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, fries. And then I, like, as soon as the cashier like put it in, the guy was already reaching for it and got it. <laughs> So like I had like put the tap to pay on it and I basically had received my food already. Yeah. It was impressive because Popeye's is, is never that fast. Um, did my, not get the separate basket of fries. No, this time. I, I will just a say smattering. it wasn't a perfect visit because I, I got a pretty small amount of fries, even less than Jimmy. 
Uh, and some of the chicken was, eh, there were a couple like just very flat pieces that were a bit tougher. I've had kind of those before. Your and tenders. I, yeah, yeah. My tenders. Um, and yeah, it, it was, it was good. The biscuit was really good. Biscuit, so, good biscuit. I got the, the all dark four piece fried chicken combo. Mm-hmm. And normally that's two legs, two thighs. I got three legs, one thigh. Mm-hmm. Thigh is my favorite, favorite piece. So I was a little disappointed, but you know. <laughs> you know, you can't go wrong with Popeye's chicken. No, it's, oh, man, it's, all it's just so good. good. Also, they, they gave me classic instead of spicy. So that was a bit disappointing, yeah. too. But no. it is what it is. But overall, could have been worse. Could have been a lot worse. Could have yes. been worse. So uh, <laughs> for me, I'm going to give Popeye's uh, Bergeron this week. You know, actually, I'll, I'll, give, it I, I'll, I'll give it a broke out for yeah. me, actually, because my food was actually, they did better with mine than yours. I, even though I was I was mixed on the food, I think I'm just so impressed with how quickly they got it out that that kind of surpasses everything else. So, yeah, solid broke We had, like, extra time. Like, we even got there a little later than mm-hmm. we had planned. We both were running a little bit late. And I was like, okay, well, you know, we're going to be up again it and no we had like time to spare which sometimes was like doesn't necessarily happen all the time so there we go broke off for for popeyes broke off for popeyes <laughs> all right uh let's talk about argyle first yeah. so and after this little jingle you're gonna hear us go over our spoiler free mm-hmm. thoughts on argyle the new matthew vaughn action movie Spine. spectacular there we go All right. Argyle, directed by Matthew Vaughn, as you said. You don't have the synopsis up right I got it right here. Hold on. I got it right here. I always got I got it. All right. What's the what is it? Reclusive or reclusive author Ellie Conway writes best selling espionage novels about a secret agent named Argyle who's on a mission to unravel a global spy syndicate. However, when the plots of her books start to mirror the covert actions of a real-life spy organization, the line between fiction and reality begin to blur. Indeed. The yeah. line between... The, the line... Shouldn't it be begins to blur? The line between fiction and reality begins to blur. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It should be begins. It, it should either be... Yeah. yeah, it should be begins to blur. Come on. Come what are on, we doing? Google. Google <laughs> synopsis. Where got this from? Yeah. Come on. Chat GPT, what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, this same director is like the Kingsman films, uh, Kick Ass, uh, X Men First Class, a bunch, a bunch of pretty well liked movies. Uh, X Men First Class being my favorite, I think, out of his. Um, and this has got an all star cast, uh, similar to a lot of his other movies. Um, I didn't really like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. Probably don't hate it quite as much as a lot of people seem to. I've seen a lot of really negative stuff about it, and I think it's sitting at a. Thir- it says thirty six on Metacritic right now. Maybe yeah, thirty five cool. on Rotten Tomatoes. Seventy seven percent of Google users like this movie. Sure, which seems kind of low for a movie like this. Honestly, I feel like Google is always really high in that regard. Google users are always pretty high. That's what I want to know. Is there any movie on Amazon that is not rated less than four stars? I don't know on Amazon. Seriously, that's, look at that. That's it's true. insane. But anyway, I I wasn't really into this movie. I kind of went in with very low expectations, and it wasn't quite as bad as I was maybe expecting. Um, written by Jason Fuchs. 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 Uh, who has written nothing you would recognize. For some reason, I like the name sounds familiar. Fuchs is the name in, of the guy in Barry. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that. For some reason, the name Jason, I don't know, but... Um, 
Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this movie? I thought this movie would be fine if it was 30 minutes shorter. This movie is two is hours and 20 minutes. I was like, oh, oh. my goodness. Can we please wrap this up? It has just, it has too many, like, one more things for me. And mm-hmm. I just think it killed the pacing. I think there is, there's a lot of good ideas that I like in this. I was invested enough in the characters and the fun of it. I thought Bryce Dallas Howard and Sam Rockwell is kind of the core relationship here. That was fun. They were really good. Yeah, I thought the whole concept solid. was was fun. It just was like, we did not need this much of a plot in this movie. Like it was the most plot heavy movie you could possibly conjure up. Yeah. It's, it's a movie that I described afterwards. It's like 90% of the dialogue just feels like exposition. Like they're constantly having to explain what's going on or like recapping things that happened or revealing things like there's just so much of that and it feels like they repeat themselves quite a bit. And there's just a lot of, there's a lot of twists in this movie that some of them kind of like lessen the impact of earlier twists. They feel very unnecessary. Like, I don't know. It's too much going on, I think. And as you said, way too long doesn't really justify its length despite all that's going on. Yeah, it was exhausting to get to the end of it. I Mm -hmm. would say I was, I was really ready for it to go to be done i wanted to check my watch and be like okay do some math here to figure out can we had 25 minutes of trailers and Mm -hmm. which just side tangent on that trailers getting out of hand like they've always (laughs) been bad they've gotten worse well and it used to be like the 25 minute trailers would be for like before like an avengers movie right like i remember the first time really noticing it was like avengers age of ultron seeing that in theaters like opening weekend and it being like 20, 25 minutes of trailers. I'm like, this is so long, but now it's just the norm before every movie. Yeah. And just commercials, straight up commercials. Too. Yeah. That's a side tangent. Yeah. But so, yeah, I wanted to just be like, okay, well, 25 minutes of trailers is a two hour, 20 minute movie. How much do we have left here? You know, what time is it? And do that math. But I fought that urge because <laughs> there were people behind us. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, no, I, I do. I like a lot of this. I just, that is my biggest gripe with it is just like make this 30 minutes shorter, mm-hmm. if not 45 minutes shorter, yeah. honestly, <laughs> like this should be an hour and 45 minute movie and it's two twenty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but you said Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, very good. I think they're a great kind of duo. I think they've got a lot of good comedic timing. Um, even though I didn't really find the movie that funny, I thought they were just still an entertaining couple to, mm-hmm. you know, have, um, some of the rest of the cast is kind of mixed. I will say, I think this is like the first movie I've seen where John Cena just seems like he doesn't want to be there. He's not in the movie very much, but it just, I felt like he didn't, he didn't really care. I didn't get that sense. So. Um, Sam Jackson, as you said, after the movie feels like he probably filmed all of his scenes in one day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sam Jackson was very distracting for me. Cause it was just felt like they would kept cutting to him mm-hmm. during certain sequences. And I'm like, well, clearly he's just telling, like, you need to react in this way. Yeah. And he is just <laughs> on a set. And he really is just on like the one, like one or two sets, the entire movie. So yeah. like very well could have been that. Um, Henry Cavill. I don't know. He's Henry Cavill. Just fine. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, he doesn't have really fan. that much to do. Yeah. Ariana DeBose is in this for some reason has like three minutes briefly. of screen time. Mm-hmm. Didn't really understand her inclusion. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, the cast was okay overall. 
Uh, Catherine, o- I guess I should say Catherine and O'Hara and, and Brian Cranston were pretty good. I thought they're as far as supporting cast, they're probably the better actors. So, um, the cat, Holden, what do you, how do you feel about the cat? The cat? Well, so in concept, the cat is very cute. I think those cats with like the, the really small ears, I, there's something very cute about them. Um, I love cats, uh, but the CG cat in this did not look very good. Well, they said there is a real cat. But Some I'm scenes like, it looked more real, but I some, don't I don't know if it ever looked real to me. There were a couple scenes where I thought it looked more real, but there are some scenes where it was like, why is it CG in this? Like, especially if you're claiming there's there's a real cat like this is clearly CG and you could have just used a, like a real cat for this bit. It was very know. bizarre. I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's hard to, you know, fly a, or bring a cat on a movie set, fly it around everywhere. I don't know what all that all entails, but it's still just kind of. I don't know. The cat in general as a plot device, I unnecessary. I didn't, I was like, I don't, why is the cat here? It's just there to be like a cute marketing thing. And it was just distracting. And it was like, sure, Ellie, it was like the one thing she cared about or whatever. But I don't know. I feel like you could have just written around that, found something a bit more convincing. I don't know. I, I like the cat being in there. It's just like there was a time where the cat was like forgotten about. Yeah, it was like integral to the first two thirds of the movie and just just gone just for the gone. last third. Yeah, absolutely. I would say this movie definitely just turns into almost a different movie in the last third as well, or it just feels different. Yeah, it does. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I like it more. It's it's probably less interesting in the last third because I feel like it becomes more predictable. Um, but yeah, it does feel completely different. I wanted to mention before I forgot. There's an o- so the opening scene in this movie is is mostly all in the trailer. Like it's the scene with Dua Lipa. If you're wanting to watch oh, yeah. Dua Lipa in this movie, you've if you've seen the trailer, you've seen how much she's in this movie basically. Yeah. Um but there is that that car chase is really bad. It does not it, look real so at all. I you know how um uh what's his name? The Andy Muschietti was like the CGI on flash is supposed to look bad. Mm-hmm. I almost get that sense here. Like there, there's such a, like a, uh, ec- like, you know, extraordinary reality in mm-hmm. this world. Like uh, clearly it's like this not realistic, uh, world that we live in and kind of goofy, but, and I'm like, is the CGI supposed to reflect that? Cause it just does not in the remote, in the, even the most remote sense look legitimate whatsoever no. i mean it especially in that scene like car <laughs> there's car stuff going on oh my god and it just is like this is this is not even like comp to well like it doesn't even the it just is like clearly henry cavill's like sitting in a green screen <laughs> yeah. car and you are just moving around it's not even like a it doesn't even seem like the camera is tracked it's like you took a video layer and you're like moving it 2d around and like oh, a 3d sure, sure yeah and it just doesn't uh i i like uh mads mickelson when he was talking about like the opening of indiana jones and the dial of destiny he's like you know there's a hint of wax you know like when he's talking about that this is just like the whole gosh darn candle you yeah. know like it's like oh my goodness none of this looks real and the one thing that is real henry cavill sitting in this little green screen car sits out sit you know stands out like a sore thumb the other thing that bothers me about it i think is it feels very like fast and the furious which i can get behind like i i'm i'm a fast and furious apologist i like the ridiculous stuff in those movies 
but none of the rest of the movie really is on that like quite goes that ridiculous again and it kind of feeds into another thing i have with this where i feel like the movie built like implies that it, there's going to be more scenes set within like the book universe that kind of reflects like and there are some scenes where it's like there's I guess I can't really spoil much, but there are some scenes set in the book universe, but I don't, there's just like not much like Henry Cavill's not in it that much. I feel no. like you could have had some of the more heightened, like un- insane action in this, in this movie kind of s- through that lens. But I don't know. It's just, you don't spend much time with that and you don't really, I don't, I never really understood another flaw with the writing. I never really understood why this book series was so popular. It just seemed like very generic spy novel. Well, <laughs> I mean, I can suspend my disbelief for that. Sure. That, that I wouldn't get hung up on that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, there are like other absurdist action sequences, I think, uh, especially one in the climax. That's like, okay, this is just not real. Yeah. <laughs> and, Again, the CG, I would say, looks not good at all. Mm-hmm. But I, seriously, like, I'm like, in, I think it almost intentionally is supposed to look so unrealistic, almost as a stylistic choice. I just think it's the wrong one. Yeah. I, yeah. If it is intentional, it doesn't work for me. Like, I, I'm not willing to give that much to the movie in that regard. It could be, it could be intentional, but I don't know. I don't know. To me, I don't know, like, unless you have a really good justification why you would make that choice. And I don't think this movie really has that justification. No. Um, yeah. No, I honestly, like, most of my problems with it would evaporate or mm-hmm. be much lessened if it was just 30 minutes shorter. Um, so I sound like a broken record there. So that's the last time I'll say that. There's there's a bit in this movie, and I I'm pretty sh- I I could be wrong. It's towards the end, not really not really a spoiler, but they incorporate that new Beatles song that was released uh, like a few months ago. Yeah, okay. called Now and Then, and there's characters in it that say they listened to it like years ago, and it's just like a new song. <laughs> I don't oh. know. It's like it to me. It's like. If it were any other Beatles song, that would work. But why do you pick the one the one Beatles song that within that's like new? <laughs> it's bizarre to me. It's in a, a parallel dimension, Holden. Yeah. Al- a, an alternative reality. Maybe this is set a few years in the future. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I don't know. It was it was fine. It was fine. I didn't hate it. I, I definitely don't think it's as bad as as people are saying it is. Um Almost, it's, it's almost like if you would read that book, Argyle, and that would be something you would be interested in, maybe you would find, like, you find this okay, you know? Like, yeah. You're, like, want to read a James Patterson book at the <laughs> airport, or, you know? It's, it's, it's a fine popcorn movie. If, if you're in, if you love Matthew Vaughn's other movies, like, unabashedly, you'll probably like this, I think. Like, I think if you like the second Kingsman movie, which I don't like, you'll probably like this. I don't know. It's, I feel like it's very in line with especially his more recent output. It's just not particularly, I I haven't liked a lot of his more recent movies really. And this is, I don't know. I didn't really like it. Um, I don't even necessarily, I've only seen Kingsman once. Mm. I didn't really like it. I, I thought it was okay. I like Kingsman one, but it has been a while since I've seen it. I like the style of it. Like I like the idea of it more than like the actual like story of it. Sure. Sure. Whatever. Um, yeah, it was all right. I think, um, I would rather watch like get smart. 
Oh yeah. You know, kind yeah. of a similar vibe, but get smart, I think Underrated is more movie. enjoyable. God, I love get smart. <laughs> I always forget about that movie. And then when I think about it, so many scenes from that flood back to me, a cone of silence, <laughs> Bill Murray in the tree. <laughs> I forgot about Bill Murray in the tree. Anyway, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, watch Get Smart instead of this. There you That's go. We're saying <laughs> uh, if I were to give it a rating, uh, it's probably like a uh, uh, probably like a four and a half. It's four and a half out of ten. It's I, I'm probably I'm being very negative on it. It's overall just more OK than anything. I just didn't find much appealing in it. And I don't really, you know, probably won't watch it again. Watch it on Apple TV Plus. If yeah, you have which it will be eventually. So. I was I, I had forgotten about that. And then the Apple films thing came up at the beginning of the movie. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is an Apple. I thing. forgot that, too. It would be fine to watch on an airplane. Yeah. If you're like, I need something movies. to I have a two and a half hour flight. I need something to distract me for now. And for some reason, you don't want to watch a better movie or this just comes up. <laughs> this would be good. You don't want to watch Get Smart <laughs> <laughs> on the on the plane. <laughs> All right, that's our non-spoiler review of Argyle. We're going to dive into spoilers right after this. All right, spoilers for Argyle. Um, Agent R. Kyle. Agent R. Kyle. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, so... You uh, had that spoiled for you, you said. Yes, so... um, Well, let me describe this. So, apparently... So on Twitter, which I go on. Okay, to if too you much. have, if you're just listening to spoilers for the sake of listening to it, and you haven't seen the movie yet, yeah. turns out the real Agent Argyle is actually Ellie Conway, Conway, Bryce Dallas Howard's character. Like she wrote these. Her books. name is like Rachel Kyle or something yeah, like that. R. Kyle, and and she was she lost her memories. I can't even remember how she lost her memories. What what happened? Uh, it was there was a she fell off something. It was an explosion. That guy when she killed that computer hacker guy, explosion and she fell yeah. in the ocean or whatever. And and then her memories were wiped and then yeah. she, Brian Cranston and Catherine O'Hara's character pretend to be her parents but they're actually like evil. Yeah. They're they're part of Spectre and yeah. uh, Spectre. <laughs> the syndicate or whatever. Yeah, it's it's generic villainous. It was something network. that it started with I think a D, it's syndicate, I think. isn't it? It was like the division or something. Like it, it was Division, yeah. Yeah, division. Okay. Um <laughs> No, but anyway, what I was what I was gonna get to, so I on Twitter there's this film there's this account called Discussing Film, which I, I really like. It's just it's this nice mm-hmm. uh Twitter account that they'll like post new movie news and they post it from reliable sources and stuff, but it's the it's mostly like headlines and they link to the articles and stuff, but it's just kind of a nice way to get like breaking news or whatever right away. Um but anyway, people have been retweeting this disgusting film po- tweet from like five years ago when they first announced this movie. And it said something along. The, I wish I, I had saved it, but it said something along the lines of Matthew Vaughn to direct new movie about author who has amnesia about or uh, about a spy thriller author who has amnesia about being a spy or something like that. Mm. Something it just spoils it and i i saw the retweet like the day of seeing the movie before seeing it so i mean it's not it's kind of obvious like i think right or did you not see it coming i don't think so i mean i I think i saw it coming like as it was happening sure i don't remember there's so many like 
I honestly, it doesn't even matter. Cause I, I don't think it <laughs> didn't really, I, I thought it was just kind of bad. I don't know. I, I just like the idea of her, this lady going on this random thing more so than like, oh no, I'm actually a real spy and all this. And I think there could have just been a more interesting story. I don't know how, how exactly where they could have gone, but the whole idea of her writing these books that predict real world events and everything is very cool. And I just kind of wish that it, they had just, like a different explanation for it or whatever. I, or like, just that's what it was. And there was no explanation. Yeah, she's you know, just like really art, smart. Obviously or like this is not reality <laughs> anyway. So it's like, she talks about all the research she does. Like yeah. I thought that was like, I was like, okay, yeah. you know, I suspend my disbelief for that. Instead it's like, oh no, you actually are a spy. Yeah. Like, well, that's just not as fun. And then, so it just explains, she just starts beating everybody up and, oh, I'm Sam Rockwell and we used to be, you know, you know, smoochy, smoochy. In and, love, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I I, it, I just, it, it wasn't like a, I didn't, I don't know if I necessarily saw it coming. It just was like, oh, I was disappointed. A disappointing twist, <laughs> but, yeah. Know, yeah. I didn't. I also wasn't like, oh, who's the real agent Argyle? I was like, why couldn't it have just been no one, you know? Yeah. Or like, why, you know? Or couldn't well, it, you know? Why couldn't it have just been Sam Rockwell? Well, that's another thing is that that was so much of the marketing was behind that, and it was kind of a joke online about who's the real agent Argyle. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it was just like an uninteresting mystery, really. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then as you mentioned um, after the movie, uh, why do Catherine O'Hara and Brian Cranston like brainwash her? Because she's like also another twist is that she's also working with the division or was working yeah. with the division prior to uh, her accident. So I guess the explanation is is that she was gonna betray them, maybe, and they knew that. Mm. So then they had to brainwash her to be on her side. I don't know. I could. There probably was something to explain it in there, but there again, it's you could so not jumbled. write a more plot heavy movie than just there's so much just it's, going on. Yeah, it's not even particularly hard to follow or anything. It's just it is just a jumbled mess of so many things happening and so many twists, as we said, because you have those twists. You have the twists of, well, like like I mentioned kind of earlier, some twists that undo earlier twists. But you have like Brian Cranston shows up and is her dad, which initially like. If he was just her dad or something, that'd be kind of interesting or whatever. Which I just thought he was just her dad. Yeah. But no, okay, he brainwashed her and they're and, evil. And like, then Captain O'Hara is evil too. Why him? Why didn't he just have two of his hench? Yeah, he's like the it? leader of this organization and he he's firsthand doing this. <laughs> Seems pretty stupid. I mean, it makes sense Catherine O'Hara because yeah. she's like a like a psychologist. Doctor, doctor. Yeah, lady. Yeah. But yeah, didn't make sense for him. I don't know. <laughs> And him, him like walking in that, that, that was the one thing that genuinely got me. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. It reminded me of, of Michael Keaton and Spider-Man home. I was going to say it was like the exact, although that one landed much harder for me because I saw it because of that one. I saw this one coming, like when Mm. the scene started, I'm like, well, I think this is where it's going. Yeah. Um, but only because of that Spider-Man Homecoming twist, which is one of the great... It's a good twist. ...movie twists (laughs) because it's like you're not even thinking it. It's not even remotely on your brain. Yeah. And it just happens. Like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, yeah, the, that was an effective one. But yeah, the, there's like three or four like massive plot 
twists in yeah. this. And well, and then you have like there's there's a whole fake out of of Bryce Dell- of Ellie thinks that Sam Rockwell wants to kill her, then she leaves, and that's why she meets up with the parents. But no, it turns out he's just bad. He's bad oh, at phrasing. Yeah. That was so stupid. That was a dumb. He's, he's like because oh, he's he doesn't like Ellie Conway. He wants yeah. our Kyle back. Rachel yeah, Con- yeah. I, that was pretty contrived very very contrived <laughs> and then you have the whole manchurian candidate winter soldier bs that happens at the end of the movie it's like oh you know Catherine O'Hara is like sigma delta alpha b2 <laughs> yeah. she's like oh oh now i must kill sam rockwell Which i'm like I, well, i'm like just end this movie oh my gosh we all know how it's gonna end anyway <laughs> There was just too much going on, and yeah, there were there were the action scenes on the boat. Uh, there was there was kind of that first one where it was like all the the, the colored gas for some reason. Yeah, I what, thought that looked bad. Yeah, it I, it cool concept, but like I'm like it. First of all, why is the gas colored like this? Like I like <laughs> sure the gas it's colored that it makes the image you know con- contrasting. It looks cooler. That's fine, but yeah, it looked all CG. Didn't make much sense. I don't know. It's kind of stupid. And then there's the whole there's the the ice skating thing, which I thought I thought that looked really bad. Oh yeah, where she's like ice skating on the oil or whatever. Yeah, you remember that? No, I remember that. No, I again I like the concept. <laughs> of it. it just felt inconsistent. It was like, does this movie want to be grounded or does it want to be just be weird and crazy yeah. and off the rails? And it's like you said, like you had the book universe that seemed to establish that that was what the book universe was going to be. But then it just became the reality. So it was like, okay, was there even a, I don't know. And I guess the books are her memories. So it just didn't, I don't know. It just didn't feel like it completely leaned into that. It didn't, didn't feel grounded in its own world, Mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, it doesn't quite go as over the top, I think, as something like Kingsman um, or whatever. So I don't know. It's just it's kind of dumb in that regard. Um, and speaking of Kingsman, we can mention <laughs> that post credit scene. But, OK, so first of all, let me say this. Mo- so this movie has like a cliffhanger at the end. Uh, Henry Cavill's real, I guess. Yeah, whatever. He's he's a real another guy. twist, another twist. Um, and then it has what I think is maybe the most confusing mid credit scene I think I've ever seen. I did. I did not understand. I don't know what if it's because I don't say is that guy in a Kingsman. Movie? I don't think so. I not. I mean, that's where I was like, I'm like, maybe that's just I'm like, you know, maybe it's like, you know, the, uh, you know, mid credits of split or whatever. It's like, OK, I don't know about Unbreakable. So I didn't understand it, that sort the of credit scene. You know? It opens up with this exterior shot of a bar. And I swear that. The, the, it has a sign on it that says like the Kingsman or whatever, which I believe is the name of the bar in the prequel movie. Um, it it looks CG'd onto that building and it looks so bad. I was I was like, this looks unfinished almost. Like it, they just didn't properly add that on. But um, yeah, then it, it they go into the bar and a guy's like, I first of all they're speaking. I like couldn't understand what they were saying. Well, he said a special phrase, right? Like, yeah, to get like, oh, the weather is nice outside on Tuesdays or something, something or whatever like it that. is. Um, but it turns out this this one guy is a young agent Argyle, um, and he's a member of the Kingsmen or works with the Kingsmen or something. And then it says Argyle, the the first book coming soon or something. Yeah, I was Argyle. Like, what is this? Ar- <laughs> I'm like, so are they making a book? 
<laughs> uh, like, are they making a movie version of the book from the movie, which is tied to Kingsman? Is Kingsman just exists in these books? Yeah, does it? I, that's I was I was confused. Is is this supposed to be a twist of like, okay, the Kingsman and Argyle are in the same universe? Whatever. That's a that could be a twist. I was like, oh, that's where I thought this was going, but then yeah. it was like, no, but this is part book, one of the book. Yeah, it was. I, it didn't make any sense. I like the Wikipedia synopsis of that, like, or the the sentence <laughs> on it. It's it's just like it it doesn't really clarify much. I don't know. It's very. Very confusing, but apparently, yeah, <laughs> apparently Matthew Vaughn is like wanting to make like this uh, cinematic universe of spy movie stuff. He wants to make Argyle sequels and more Kingsman movies, uh, whatever. Who cares? Uh, do you think he's going to get the money to do that after what, this? This well, movie's bombing. Yeah, I don't know, because I don't think what was his. I was trying to remember what his previous movie was. I feel like it was another movie that just didn't do very well. The Kingsman, yeah, the the prequel one, I, another movie that I just don't think did particularly well. Yeah, made just a little bit more than its budget back. I don't know. I mean, he's a man with a vision. He's got style. I don't, but I don't understand where he gets the money for these movies, <laughs> particularly. Because I also don't think like the first Kingsman was was kind of a sleeper hit and that was that was fine, but I feel like even the sequel didn't do particularly well. But even then, it says the budget was eighty one to ninety four million for the original one. Yeah, like that's a lot of money. Uh, I got Kingsman the second one made four times its budget, so not bad. But I don't know. I don't know. Those I don't know are. if Kingsman is one that you can really spin off and be successful. Yeah, I don't know. It, I mean. <clears throat> I feel like it has potential that maybe just hasn't been fully realized yet. I don't know. Good for him that he's getting work. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll say. Um, this movie is going to be forgotten into the ether. Yeah. It's it's going to be a movie that come end of the year and uh, come like over a year from now when we're doing movies of 2024, I'm going to be looking through this list like, oh yeah, that came out. Argyle, that movie exists. It's gonna be yeah. like the Cocaine Bear or the the and Megan was probably more memorable. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't. I feel like even though the trailer itself was kind of obnoxious, I think I feel like it doesn't even live up to being as memorable as the trailer. I feel like we're gonna remember the trailer more just because it played before every movie. <laughs> <laughs> We, we the over the last month and a half we kept joking about like we we always we typically get to the movie a little bit into the trailers and we're like oh god did we miss the Argyle trailer sometimes we did sometimes it still had yet to be played <laughs> 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 um other things I'm trying to remember about this movie um that we didn't talk about uh the Rebel Moon Ladies in it yeah I didn't even notice her when was she in it she was the lady in the the, the keeper of the secrets. Oh, okay, that was her. Yeah, a uh, very uninteresting scene for the most part, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I'm trying to even. Remember I don't have else. anything else to say about this movie, Holden. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I didn't mention. Oh, I guess I probably couldn't have mentioned this in non spoilers. One thing that really got on my nerves over the course of this movie was how often they kept doing the like the parallels between Sam Rockwell and Henry Cavill. Like I was like, I get it right. You see, you see Sam Rockwell as this guy. That's fine. Like, but they kept hitting you over the head with it. It was so unsubtle and it just kept going. I'm like, 
And it was just something that drew out the action scenes added to this bloated runtime. I'm like, we do not need this here. Just a completely unnecessary parts of the movie. I'm glad I remembered that because I, I had that bottled up. <laughs> I, <was laughs> I can tell. Very annoyed by that. You know, there was something that was very nuanced that I did just remember. Sure. You know, remember in, in the end of Jurassic World, everybody complains how Bryce Dallas Howard runs around in her heels. That's right. I there saw you a, laugh at that. There's a scene where Bryce Dallas Howard like starts to run and right away she takes off her heels mm-hmm. and then she starts running. It makes, it makes sure. I thought that was it. a nice touch. I'm that like, was that fun. has to be intentional. That's I like a little, so. a wink and a nod. If you're like blinking, you miss it. Mm-hmm. So expert filmmaking, nine out of 10, <laughs> <laughs> nine out of 10. Not bad. Um, I, that's it. Hold on. Let's move on. Yeah. We got a whole other movie. I to think talk that's about. it. You know, people are going to really be going back through the archives for the Argyle review. The Argyles. The Argyles. The Argyles. I can't wait for Argyle, the movie, book one. Argyle, book one, the The movie. movie. Yeah, what does it say here? Argyle, (laughs) book one, the movie is coming soon. Obnoxious. (laughs) Hate it. I I cannot wait uh, for that movie to never happen. Well, maybe it's one that they've already done it. Yeah, I mean, it's a Pearl situation. Yeah. <laughs> they filmed two movies They're at like, once. Oh, crap. Maybe, yeah, Apple just invested a lot of money. Or like a Rebel Moon situation <laughs> to a lesser extent. Well, the good news is Apple has infinite money. So. True. True. <laughs> They'll just keep making these movies that don't make their budget back. They'll just pre-package it with all their Vision Pro headsets. It, this movie feels like a, a made-for-streaming movie in a lot of ways. It is kind of like it feels like a movie that Netflix would kind of make. Maybe a little it's it's better than like a Red Notice. I was just going to say this movie is better Red Notice but not not like good. Not, yeah, still still not <laughs> not a good Red Notice. I was like I would rather watch this again over Red Notice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's considerably better than Red Notice. I think it's just <laughs> mainly just goes to show how bad Red Notice God, is. Red no- that movie I feel like has only gone down over I don't remember what I rated it. Going down a score. <laughs> That's it. All right, let's talk about the holdovers. This will be our spoiler free spoiler free review. So if you're uh, tuning in, don't worry. We have got you covered, and we'll warn you before we dive into spoilers. All right. The Holdovers, uh, directed by Alexander Payne, uh, a director who I'll get into my opinion of him after you give your synopsis. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) What a tease. All right. The Holdovers. Let's see if there's any grammatical errors in this Review as there were in Argyle's synopsis. All right. A curmudgeonly instructor at a New England prep school remains on campus during Christmas break to babysit a handful of students with nowhere to go. He soon forms an unlikely bond with a brainy but damaged troublemaker and with the school's head cook, a woman who just lost a son in the Vietnam War. That was a very weirdly phrased sentence. That was very long. Uh, yeah, that whole thing was, was two sentences. <laughs> So Weird. he forms an unlikely bond bond with the brainy but damaged troublemaker and with the school's head cook, a woman who just lost a son in the Vietnam, yeah, Vietnam War. I can see the confusion there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, directed by Alexander Payne. Um, so Al- Payne has, like, he's done a lot of uh, well-regarded movies, like Sideways. He did Election from the late 90s. Um, I And he's, every movie I've seen from him, I have not liked prior to this movie like sideways, I think was nominated for Oscars. I think Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti was the lead in that. I feel like he got an Oscar nom for that. I didn't care for it. Election was similar. It was an early Reese Witherspoon movie. Matthew Broderick said it 
did not care for it. I, the big thing with those movies though, is they just like, don't connect with me. It feels like it, the it's, it's just like not my thing really. Like there, I, I, I don't dispute the, like why people really like it. Just not my thing. Uh, but the holdovers is different. I actually really like, I liked this movie quite a lot. Yeah, it's very good. It's a it's a nice it's a cozy movie. It is cozy. It's a nice Christmas movie. It's a new it Christmas is. classic. Really, is what it is. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's the first. Except mo- you can't watch it with your kids because it's rated R. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I don't think it's, it's not like, a hard R, no. but it's. I meant it's like to, a it's like a good transition movie. Like, hey, you're you're like. 14 you could probably you yeah know, like you could watch you know. it's like when i went it, my first r-rated movie in the theaters was argo um, yeah which is like they just swear like they say the yeah. f word a few times like that's it um yeah no this movie i think it's it's very very good it's it's it has a lot of heart it's funny um great performances in it across the board Fantastic, I mean, the, yeah. the three leads are so good uh, Paul Giamatti, mm-hmm. um, Dominic Sessa, who this is his first film role. Yeah. Um, apparently, I, I don't remember um, exactly where this was, but apparently with the school they filmed at, like he was a student there or something. Oh, and really? he auditioned for the movie. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so this is his first film role. Uh, and then Divine Joy Randolph um, is great as well as the as the cook. Yeah. Um. And I think they're they're all good. It's a movie that is it's a lot about like just you know learning to understand that people have a lot of hurt, like <laughs> that it isn't shown and everything. They're all kind of going through their own problems and and but they're and it's kind of an unlikely family type situation movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I thought it was a great trio with very good chemistry with each other. Yeah, it's just like everyone is the you know the the main character in their own story. Mm-hmm. And having the empathy and understanding to do that, and like you know, like you know, I <laughs> I teach ancient history, so I'm I hope I'm not as you know curmudgeonly as <laughs> as Paul Giamatti's character here. Did you uh, did you when when he said some of his facts were like, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, the Peloponnesian War. Oh yeah, I was looking. I kind of paused to look at what he had written on the whiteboard, and I'm like, oh, yeah. is it accurate? Oh yeah, checks out. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought that was great. And I, and you know, as a teacher, it is like, there are times where you want to be like, Oh, these kids are driving me crazy. The kids are the problem, you know, and Mm -hmm. all these things. And you have to have a lot of patience because, you know, people don't understand empathy necessarily until they're older. So it's like, you have the scenes where they're talking about like, Oh, the, you know, they're saying something about maybe the food wasn't very good or something. And just like how like ignorant it is to say something like that and how how hurtful those things can be and just insensitive and kids can be insensitive because they literally don't know better, especially it's like here we have this like preppy board school with all these like rich kids. So it's easy for like teens and teens. Yeah. It would be easier for Paul Giamatti's character to be like, oh, you guys are just a bunch of pieces of crap and like you guys don't understand and i'm gonna drill you this into you i'm gonna hold you this high standard and alienate you and treat you as they did in the ancient times and you're gonna either get with it or you're not and that's your problem and that sort of thing so i think it if these characters felt very genuine Mm -hmm. they felt like uh quite real the school felt real um and the whole story felt you know just like you said very cozy 
Mm-hmm. Uh, even, you know, it being shot as if it was shot in the 1970s. Yeah, I I believe it, it is just like post-production stuff on it. Um, and uh, from what I understand, the audio is also like uh, it's mixed to be mono as well mm. to be kind of more like movies back then. So a lot of it's post-production stuff. I don't think it was filmed on film or anything, but it all looks very convincing. Like it, very it looks convincing. great and. Um, kind of the washed out colors to an extent as well, kind of feed into that as well. Um, but still quite beautiful movie. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was just very heartwarming and sad and mm-hmm. human in a lot of ways. And it felt, it feels very timeless, you know, since it is set yeah. in the seventies, it is like this, all these stories and messages and morals of this movie apply to any time you could think of. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I thought it was very, very, very well done. I, I really enjoyed it. I think, uh, you know, we watched two, two hour and I think this is two hours and 20 minutes too. Right? Yeah, it's close to it. I was, I was surprised because I, I should have mentioned at the start, this is my second time watching it. I watched it like a month ago, uh, probably less than a month ago, just because we had a bunch of snow here and we were trapped and my roommate wanted to watch it. And I when I saw the runtime going into this one, I was like, there's no way it's that long. Right. I did not remember it being that long. And it, it's like, it's not like it's, there's a lot of really exciting stuff. It's not. And you know, you'd mm-hmm. think Argyle with a lot of action and fast pace would go faster. And really this one feels to go so much faster just cause it's, you're so invested in these characters and yeah. in this relationship. It's, you know, you, you compare it to Argyle. Another thing that I'll say is just like it compare. It's like the other end from that movie where this movie is like, like the plot is like, there's just way less of it. Oh, right. Like we, the plot is <laughs> these two people are stuck together who don't want to be together. Yeah. And it's really They're just both a in the situation study. they don't want to be in yeah. and they have to deal with it together. It's so simple. And it's, it's all just about their interactions and, and them learning from each other and kind of learning more about each other's backstories and everything. Like it's way simpler, but it, I think part of it is it's just it's very nice, good performances, but it also has quite a bit of humor in it. I, mm-hmm. It works really well, I think. So that helps breeze it along as well. Um, I wanted to mention that the the music in this is great. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, it's it's not a ton of like original score, but the the licensed music, they they got less like some Cat Stevens, mm-hmm. some uh, some Almond Brothers band, which I love. Yeah, very good. Uh, very good music that, that would fit that time. Yeah, the melancholic acoustic. Yeah, <laughs> music that that is one of my favorite genres. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I thought the same exact thing. I'm like, I gotta look up some of these songs and add them to my Spotify playlist. Yeah, you know? I, the the song that played uh, towards the end of the movie, I think when, uh, well, I guess I won't say exactly, but it's uh, in, <laughs> when it, this big major plot thing happens. Big, but uh, uh, it's in memory of Elizabeth Reed by Almond Brothers Band, which is like one of my favorite songs. It's so mm-hmm. good, and it's all an instrumental too. But yeah, good song. Yeah, no, I. I I just think that like the we talked about the plot and how little there is of it. The only thing pushing the movie forward is literally time. Mm-hmm. Like days are passing. Like it's the the movie is the course of the winter break. So it's it's just the next day happens. So now okay, what's going to happen this next day and it feels because of that it feels very organic. Nothing feels contrived. Mm-hmm. And it and you know, this slowly breaking down the walls of these very isolated people who mm-hmm. like to alienate others or just forced <laughs> into this situation <laughs> against their will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and to continue to try to alienate themselves even within that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, I, it is like you get to know anybody. It's, it's um, you very, you, you, when you've learned more about someone, it definitely humanizes them, mm-hmm. which is, I think, especially an important message in the more, the less humanized people are, I think, with technology and uh, screens and, you know, social media and all that. So it's, it's nice to just go back and be like, oh, yeah, we're all people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then, you know, Paul Giamatti being an ancient history teacher is like clearly understands that like, mm-hmm. but he can't even apply it to himself. You know, like yeah. that's like the great irony is like he has this such a bank of knowledge and understanding of how humanity works mm-hmm. and he cannot live out the principles. <laughs> he's such a, like a hypocrite and he's just, mm-hmm. he takes all that information and just takes the most pessimistic viewpoint of it. And, um, you know, you see him like interact with characters who are more like ignorant or don't have as much knowledge, but are just clearly happier yeah. <laughs> individuals. <laughs> um, so I think it's like, yeah, I, I, I love that kind of, um, almost cliche, but I think it works really well here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so Paul Giamatti and divine joy Randolph are both nominated for Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Giamatti is one of seems to be one of the front runners for best actor him alongside Killian Murphy. Apparently Paul Giamatti has never won an Oscar before. So I, you know, I, I probably would give the edge personally to Killian Murphy, but I wouldn't be unhappy with Paul Giamatti, especially if they were like, Oh, this is, here's your Oscar. <laughs> or whatever. I liked this performance more than Killian Murphy really? actually. Yeah. It's so it is very close for me. I think they're both great. Um, but I think Divine Joy Randolph has it in the bag, right? Probably. She was excellent. She's so she good. She was very, very good. And I just like looking at the supporting actress list. I feel like and she won the Golden Globe. I f- she seems to be kind of the the front runner. So yeah, and even there's a kind of crew of other characters you get for a few for a, um, a section of the movie that I yeah. like them too. All they're the actors. all very good. Yeah, but yeah, no, like from the the beginning of this movie, it's just it's a very mellow movie like the music's mellow the cinematography is not flashy it takes its time but it's not slow and you know it just it feels like a movie that should plot along but it it does it it clicks and it's all must be happening you know subconsciously that you're just kind of bought into this and it goes faster than it it seems to i think it's just because you're you are so invested in this relationship and you know you don't have to be like a a genius to like see where the movie's going. It's like, you know, like yeah, it's the it, last it's, of us is like, Oh, Joel and Ellie don't like each other. Well, they're probably going to have at least some sort of mutual understanding by the end. And I think they do a really good job being kind of the, the ending of this is very nuanced. I think it's mm-hmm. not, you know, a Hallmark movie. It doesn't, it avoids that. Yeah. But it's, it's it is like a, it's so close to being like too schmaltzy, but it's just not, it's not, it, it it's such a fine line yeah. to, to kind of you know teeter on either side of and and I think um, Alexander Payne nailed it and uh, uh, David Hermanson with the writing nailed it as well. Yeah, it's a, it, a testament to the directing and the editing too that this movie, mm-hmm. despite you know being a slower paced movie, doesn't feel that way at all. It's it's just fantastic in that regard. So. Yeah, and it being very well shot by uh, oh I don't know how to, do not know how to say this name, Eigel Brild. I'm something like that beautifully (laughs) shot despite having nothing really flashy to show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's part of it. I think for us too, is it feels very familiar just because of the the very snowy, it feels very Midwest, even though it's not, it's, it's more East coast. I don't know exactly where like Pennsylvania or 
Yeah, I'm uh, not sure. It's somewhere just up New in England. The New England, but it feels it still has kind of a Midwest feel for a lot of the movies. So very familiar and cozy in that way as well. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just, I, I really enjoyed it and I, I loved the human story of it. Of course I love the ancient history part of it. All sure. that's just going <laughs> to be me. I'm just going to have a soft spot for that forever. Um, and I relate to saying something I think is really interesting about ancient history and nobody giving it <laughs> two craps about it around me. Uh, so I could relate to, to Paul Giamatti's character that way, but go out and see this movie, please. Yeah. This is a good movie. I, I good. hard to imagine people going out of this and not liking it. Yeah. It's just, I, I, you know, I know a few people have seen it. They all love it. It's just a very good crowd pleaser. It's one of those movies that like is, is a crowd pleaser is nominated for an Oscar. And I feel like is, is definitely deserving. It kind of meets all that criteria and it's just a great, great movie. Everyone will love probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty, or yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially if you like to see like the best performances of the year, I think yeah. Paul Giamatti was excellent. David Sessa was really, really good. Um, who, he didn't get nominated, huh? Who no. Is our, yeah. It was a strong year for best supporting okay. actor, so I I'm not too unhappy with what was, who was picked. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, no, check it out. Really, really good. Holden, what would you uh, rate it? It's probably like a nine out of ten, I think. Um, up there with my favorites of the year. Um, I don't know exactly. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a tough top ten this year when we get to that. So far, <laughs> it will be. It'll be weird to rearrange I'm, things. I always try to try to keep up with it over time, but I I. By the end of it, I always have to rearrange it a bit too. So we'll see. It's, but really, really like it. So. Awesome. Sweet. Well, let's talk about specific things we liked about it in our spoiler discussion, which is going to come up right after this little jingle. So avoid this next part. If you have not watched The Holdovers, check it out, please. It's on Peacock if you want to, you know, stream it or find it at your local movie theater. Otherwise, uh, come back and now listen to our spoiler review. Right, spoilers for the holdovers, Jimmy. Can't believe Paul Giamatti was a spy the whole time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention though, um, and I I can't take credit for this. This is something that that I saw an observation online. His lazy eye changes eyes throughout the movie. Oh, it does. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's like constantly, and it's it's not like a continuity thing. It's just it's like clearly on purpose. Like it, it seems like. Even just like in between the shots, his lazy eye will change. Hmm. I don't really understand the purpose of it. Kind of funny, though. I think just kind of a fun little detail you can notice, especially since that that comes into play a little later with uh, with uh, what's his name? Dave, Dominic Sessa's character, Angus. Ang- Tully. Yeah, Angus. Uh, asking him which eye he should look at yeah. <laughs> like when talking to him and whatnot. Um and if I recall correctly, I can't, I'm not exactly sure. I feel like when, when Paul Giamatti says towards the end of the movie, it's this eye. I feel like the very next shot you see him, it's the opposite eye too. Like hmm. it's just very silly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did not notice that at all. Yeah. Would never in a million I years. wouldn't have noticed it if I didn't have someone point that out to me. So I, but I thought it was fun. Um, but otherwise, um, so the movie starts out end of the school semester, go into class. Paul Giamatti's handing out these tests and whatever. Yeah. How'd you, how did you relate to him in this? I mean, I know it's, this is like no. high school kids didn't relate no. to him at all. <laughs> no, not with that. No, I'm like, 
No, I'm like, you guys will know this information, all right? Uh, sort of thing. Um, yeah, teaching sixth graders is not the same as... Yeah, he taught sure. this like a tough college class. He did, yeah. I've seen other people in tough college classes get those grades. I think it's interesting um, that... You know, I, I feel like in most movies with kind of this structure, you would have Angus be the one that has just the F. Yeah, no, I thought that was really great that he's like the one who's doing the best in the class. Yeah, but he but he's got so much else going on and he's still just like detests the class and everything and, and really hates how strict, you know, Paul Giamatti is like, yeah, it's it's not exact like it's familiar, but different. Yeah. Yeah, so that I thought that was a great little twist with it because you were just waiting for him to like to have the F minus, but mm-hmm. nope, he's got the best B plus, grade. yeah. Um, so you would think he would, you know, then that uh, you know, Paul Giamatti would his character would have a soft spot for him, but he really doesn't. It just goes to show, Mr. yeah, how Hunnam. much how little he he personally, I guess, cares for these kids. I guess like he's, I mean, he's he does see them kind of as like little soldiers almost, and. Yeah. flunking his cat his his class his yeah. tough as nails class it's like well it's all your fault it's it can't be me i can't be the problem yeah <laughs> i'm not i know what accept- i'm talking i know all yeah. these facts i know what i'm talking about yeah you know you all <laughs> failed but i'm so generous i'm gonna let you do a retake yeah i'm gonna let you do a retake or that a will new be test. harder yeah of all new material and it's gonna be an average between the two tests yeah. too <laughs> yeah and then Angus screws up that opportunity for the class. Yeah. Which, yeah, funny. I just love how hypocritical he is. He's like, it's about all about honesty and stuff. And he just lies all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Constantly lying. He sees himself as, as above all of these kids and everything holds himself to a different standard. Yeah. Nobody likes him. No, none of the staff, none members. of the staff like him. Um, which, uh, define joy. What's her character's name? Uh, Mary, she's like the one character who seems to like put up with him. Like, at least it doesn't hate his presence. Is at least is at least neutral to him. Um, but yeah, everyone else is just just hates his guts. Knows yeah. he's just like kind of annoying and and hard, a hard butt. I'll say. Yeah, there you go, hard <laughs> butt. Uh, <laughs> Got to stick up his butt. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, he just awful teacher, terrible teacher. Just needs to go into the research field. Clearly, yeah, that's like, like all he cares about is is the facts and learning new stuff. And he loves reading and everything. Like, so just go do the research, man. You're yeah. not cut out <laughs> to teach kids. You're just not. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. But um, yeah, no, I I really liked it. I'm trying to think of certain scenes I like uh, in particular. I mean, just there's all. It's the movie's just a bunch of small moments. Really, there's not like. You know, things just driving the plot forward. Oh, my gosh. Crazy reveals. It's just. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like like towards the beginning, Angus, like, you know, just based on the fact he's one of the main characters, he's going to get stuck there. (laughs) But, you know, I was like, are his parents going to die in a car accident or something? Yeah. But he's like so sure he's like going on this vacation with his mom and his stepdad. And then they call him and they're like, actually, uh, (laughs) you're just going to be you're going to stay there. Mm -hmm. And just that that hurts. That's like. Jeez, like with this guy you hate. Yeah. And he also hates you, you know, and I love that. He's just like, I don't want to be here. You guys don't want to be here. Yeah. I hate you. I'm like, <laughs> what, a, what a great message to say to these kids. It's like, you're you going to, we're going to treat this like just a regular semester of school. You're going to yeah, study and on your PE vacation time and 
Yeah. Um, one of the nice little moments I think that connects uh, to the kind of larger themes of the whole, as a whole, or part of the character moments is uh, when the bully takes one of the, the the LDS kids gloves and throws it in the water or whatever, and then mm-hmm. and then Angus is like, "Well, he left you with one, so it's like extra painful." And I think that's a great reflection of how you know, like he basically has lost his dad, sure, and yeah, he's yeah. left with one parent. It's almost like worse that it's like he like he just he's constantly reminded of what he doesn't have. Um, Good observation. I just thought that was a nice little <laughs> parallel yeah. um, that I thought of at kind of at the end of the movie. So, yeah, no, I just, you feel bad for Angus, but then again, it's like, you know, he also does things that are like, yeah, did that are just He's, mean or alienating or he's just not super nice, but it's like, you get it, but you know, how do you handle that? Part and of then, it's acting out and stuff, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's been kicked out of several schools at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you 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 empathize with him, and once again, like movies of of like a similar structure, I feel like would make him out as way more unlikable at the start. But here you have, I mean, he's he's stuck here. He does annoying things, but he also he's like nice to the kid who wets his bed. Yeah, and stuff. I thought that was like, a great moment too. Like he, he's not just a total jerk. He's no. <laughs> There's a lot of nuance to him. And Mr. Hunnam like stands up for Mary when the kid's like, well, I get that she lost her son, but you know, you should still do your job. Yeah. I was like, that food looks good. I'm like, they're yeah, talking about like, oh, the I food's not going to be good. I'm like, that looks pretty good to me. I thought so too. Pretty, pretty good looking food. It's like when the kids complain about our school lunch at school, I'm like, you guys, you guys don't even understand. This is good. Like, it's like good food. Did not have great food. It was all right. But like, this is good. And they're like, no, this is so bad. I'm like, you school little. food better than it used to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wouldn't know. I don't go to school, so yeah, anymore, no. Like, so. <laughs> it's I'm just like you guys. You don't understand. I'm just like you guys. You do the Romans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go. I don't call. You know. I don't call them degenerates or whatever. Paul Giamatti does. You don't. You don't talk to a random Santa at a bar and be like, you know, that's that costume is actually inaccurate if you think no. about it. <laughs> no, but I do walk around downtown going. So that building right there is approximately the same height as the Roman Coliseum. <laughs> I do that. And people go, wow, wow, who what cares? a great fact. What a what an interesting thing that I did not care about and <laughs> still do not care about, nor do I find interesting. So I do want to I would I do want to meet Mr. Hunnam. I think Mr. Hunnam and I could he would like me as a, as a student. He, we would, you know, we would we would get off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. I'd be his favorite. I'd be a little teacher's pet. And the kids would, would you like, would you like him, though? I think so. Yeah, no, I mean, like I. Because they make the they make the point in this where uh, uh, Mary's son who died like like Paul Hunnam liked him but the kid didn't like him because still yeah. thought he was uh, annoying. Yeah, no, I mean I find the content really interesting, so sure. I think we would just bond over that. So I mean, again though, he probably didn't make it all that interesting. Yeah, just kind of a boring lecture. Which is like, feature. how do you not like all the great stuff? And he's like, he seems to see it's fascinating, but he can't you know, translate that yeah, knowledge. Can't, can't, can't convince the kids that it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, I'm trying to remember order of things that happened in this movie. A lot of it's just at the school, which is very good. You have the Christmas party. You have the same, yeah. I, one of the heart wrenching moments of the whole movie is he's like hitting it off with what's her name. The, the yeah. lady and, and she Lydia a- is like her name or something. And then she's like, Oh, I gotta go. And then 
she just starts kissing that guy. He's yeah, like, well, as a boyfriend or something. Yeah. Yep. Just heart sank. Well, and it, yeah, it's so good the way that <laughs> shot too. And Paul Giamatti looking back at his just his complete disappointment and, and annoyance and everything. It's it's very complicated emotion he's feeling, but it's great. Refuses the ice skate. Yeah. In Austin. And yeah. Yeah. Um, there's the whole scene uh, with with Mary at the party. Mm hmm with the music and everything, um, which is kind of, that's kind of like the uh, emotional climax, I guess, for like her, her loss and everything, I guess, to an extent. Uh, Cause that's kind of the point that's, we don't really get like, she's pretty like she keeps to herself to an extent or she, you know, she's willing to talk about her son, but she doesn't, you know, get overly, overly emotional about it for the most part. Uh, you see her at church and everything you see her at the funeral and, or not, not the funeral, but the end of the semester thing where they acknowledge uh, uh, her son and everything. Um, but yeah, that's the one part where she she really lets out because she she has a bit too much to drink and everything, and it's just it's a lot. The guy's like, change the music to something more hip. <laughs> She's <laughs> like gonna kill him. Yeah, <laughs> they have the nice janitor guy. Yeah, Danny, I think is his name, or Denny or something. Um, one of the powerful moments in the movie is when she like brings her, his baby clothes over to give to his sister, her yeah, sister. Yeah. And again, like I don't think a single word is said in that entire scene. No. And it's just incredibly she powerful. It's in the drawer, yeah. Such great visual storytelling that there's no con we didn't know about it. You know, there's no context to it really outside of just knowing her son died. Yeah, the most we know is son died. She's been a slightly more distant from her family. You see that she's got the kind of the the cliche of the the parent, the grieving parent who doesn't touch their deceased child's room at all. It's almost like a shrine. Yeah, yeah. So you just like that's just like a transition and you know, and then it and then they have that scene too. So you can just piecing those things together as the audience. I think, you know, just really good storytelling mm -hmm. um, that was very powerful and, and didn't need to have words. So I think it no. was enhanced by not having words. Um, going back a bit, there is the, I, one of the funnier scenes I think is the scene at the the bar or whatever, um, the restaurant where they first uh, talked to the lady, Lydia, mm -hmm. um, and there's the whole thing with the Miller High Life champagne of beers. Champagne of beers. Um, Angus gets in a fight with those two guys, and one's got a hook. One's got a hook, and that that's another that gives perspective, I think, to Angus about you know his privilege to an extent. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, he is suffering, but you know he didn't get drafted or anything like yeah. that guy did because he has you know what money and a good education and everything. Um, so I just like that, that scene. There's a lot of scenes like that that are just kind of nice little vignettes to an extent. Yeah. Little individual character moments. Um, but then they, they go to Boston. Yeah. Boston's a whole part, which that's with Mary and everything. That's when, uh, Angus goes and visits his dad, which is a very sad scene. <laughs> yeah. He, he like opens his heart to him and then his dad's just like, I got to tell you something. I think they're putting stuff in my food. You yeah. Know, just completely not, not there, not there. Yeah. Which is just so sad. And then he opens up to, uh, that was like a good twist too, that his dad's alive. Yeah, that was good. Better than an Argyle twist. Yeah. The Argyle twist. <laughs> yeah. His dad's alive, uh, but is unfortunately just, you know, had some sort of mental break at some point. Um, and 
Yeah, then he opens him up to to Hana, Mr. Hanum about like he's like worried that he's gonna be like become like his dad. He's worried that yeah. it's hereditary. And that's when you learn that, you know, well, and that's that's one thing that they're able to connect on. There's some parallels between the two characters, but they both had like troubled relationships with their fathers or mm-hmm. Mr. Hunnam's. His dad apparently beat him um, to an extent. And then he left when he was 15 or whatever to to go to the school and never really looked back as seen the school as his family and everything. Um, so, yeah, just a little interesting yeah, I, I, there. I think the emotional climax of the entire movie, of course, is at the end. They return, they, and uh, it looks like uh, Angus is going to get expelled for mm-hmm. supposedly manipulating Mr. Hunnam into taking him to see his father. And then, you know, he, Hunnam takes the fall for him. He yeah. basically talks about how, like, his whole life is this job, mm-hmm. and he gives it up to help this kid and it's not even guaranteed, you know, it's like, he just, yeah, it's shot in the dark. This kid that he's really only known well for like a couple weeks at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was all great. I, I, before we get too, too much in the ending, I did want to mention that the scene with the cherries Jubilee is so cute. That's just such a, such a cute scene. I mean, it's how'd that box not catch on fire is what I want to (laughs) know. I did think it was funny that it just caught on fire and they couldn't put it out. They had to like just stomp it out and had a nice laugh about it. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the cutest scenes in the movie. But yeah, he gives it all up. Um, and ultimate, I mean, it's, it's like, it's kind of like a mixed thing. Like it's, it, it stinks that he loses his job and everything, but now he's like, he's, he's essentially forced to go do what he should have, like, as you mm-hmm. said, what he should have been doing this whole time, the research and everything writing his uh monograph <laughs> yeah, monog- <laughs> you can't even dream a whole dream can you no <laughs> um so yeah even though you know he lost his job and everything there's there's a silver lining to it mm-hmm. ultimately um i did it, i also wanted to mention it's it's kind of it's a flip on what happened earlier in the movie of of angus lying about the uh the, the whole arm breaking thing and like oh, taking yeah. the complete fall for it. So yeah. then, so then uh, Mr. Hunnam wouldn't get in trouble, um, which that chase, I, that chase through the, the school is, is quite yeah. fun. Do not cross the Rubicon. <laughs> Do not cross the Rubicon. I believe he says the die is cast in Latin when he does it, which is oh, a okay. famous Julius Caesar thing to say, but I don't know what the actual say thing in Latin is. But <laughs> that is what I would assume he said. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was great because Paul Giamatti's not going to catch up. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was really great. Um, the Very reminiscent to me, kind of the vibe of this movie is like marriage story. I think you get a lot of like, it just feels very real, mm-hmm. um, especially with like the interaction at the end mm-hmm. of just like this kind of goodbye sort of thing. Yeah, that you get. it's... Mm. Like I keep saying in, in other movies of this type, you'd have like a big, you know, embrace, a bit, you know, music swells kind of the, thing. He goes to go on the adventure with him yeah, to like, Carthage. <laughs> Will you adopt me or something yeah. like that? <laughs> but no, it's 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 much more realistic. I just killed your parents. <laughs> These two people that are emotionally pretty reserved and yeah, they open them up to each other a bit, but you know, they're not, it's not like they're completely changed in that regard. They're not best friends all of a sudden. Yeah. It ends with a nice, very, you know, very nice handshake essentially. The see ya. Yeah. You know, and it's just so simple and effective. Mm-hmm. 
he spits out the liquor and yeah, the cognac the, or whatever. Yeah, just at the grounds of the school. There you go. <laughs> that headmaster was a jerk. Yeah. Penis cancer in human form, as yeah. you said. <laughs> Good line. <laughs> if you're going to lay it on, you better lay it on thick, man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's the holdover is really good. Um, I think, you know, Paul Giamatti dark horse for, to steal that best actor yeah, award from I, Killian Murphy. I, you know, I would not be unhappy with either of them. I think it's, I think for most of the categories, it's, it's very strong this year. So hard to tell for sure. Oppenheimer could sweep or it could get nothing. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, definitely a good one to see. I'm glad we saw it. I'm glad it got nominated for best picture. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, then our final segment of the show, of course, Holden, is What Are You Doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, Jimmy. Well, this week, apparently I watched less than you, but yes. I'll, uh, for once, uh, but I'll get through that. Um, I did, the one movie I watched this week outside of the, the two we talked about was Ocean's 12, mm-hmm. sequel to Ocean's 11, uh, directed by the same guy, very, most of the same cast and everything. Uh, quite good. Quite good. I, I don't, it's not, it's not as good as the original. I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people said at the time. It seems to have a bit <laughs> of a, a kind of critical reappraisal since then. Cause it's just very different from oceans 11. Sure. Um, but I think that's kind of what makes it an interesting sequel. And it is like, it is a straight sequel. It follows the events and everything. It's not just like another heist kind of thing. So mm. Deals with some of the fallout of Ocean's Eleven and whatnot. It's kind of, it's interesting. So I'll watch the I'll watch Ocean's Thirteen, some point soon. Uh, but I finished The Curse um, on Showtime Paramount Plus. Uh, I that that ending is it is very bizarre. I don't know. I it's it is you would not see it coming in a million years. I wasn't Christopher Nolan also watching it or somebody, somebody prominent I, is watching yeah, it. Yeah. Christopher Nolan, he, he did a, he did a, he moderated a Q and a with Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie. <laughs> wow. It was so, I watched it and I think Showtime made it. It's like 30, 40 minutes long. I watched it. It was, it was very hmm. interesting. Um, I've watched a couple, there's, um, there's, they were doing, I think at Lincoln center in New York, they were doing like, screenings of each episode like every week or something and then Benny Safdie and Nathan Fielder would come out and field questions and, and stuff um I watched a couple of those too they've just been doing a lot it's very interesting but it's a very good show there there is a chunk in the middle that is quite slow and it's kind of like where is this going I don't know if I'm really into this but the last few episodes are so good and the last episode is is incredibly bizarre and i don't know exactly what it was trying to say <laughs> in some cases um i yeah i don't know christopher nolan said it was like the the most creative and absurd piece of television since twin peaks is wow. his claim so i it is very it's very cool really like it great performances Emma Stone is probably not going to get an Emmy next year for it, but she probably should. Very good. And Nathan Fielder, there's there's a scene in the second to last episode where like he's good the rest of the show. I like I have not seen this side of him before. Mm. He is so good in the, in the second to last episode. And he's good in the whole show. But anyway, very good show. If you're interested, if you like Nathan Fielder's other stuff and and you like just weird television, recommend it. Um, other than that, uh, video game wise, just, I, uh, started final fantasy seven remake again. 
still love it. Um, and I've been trying to also plow my way through a Zelda Game Boy game mm-hmm. as on uh, Switch. You can play for free if you have a Switch online. I'm trying mm-hmm. to beat it within the next week because I wanted I wanted downgrade from the more expensive Switch yeah. <laughs> internet to, to a lower one. Uh, so, and if I don't, I'm not, or if I do that, I'm not gonna be able to finish it. So I'm trying to finish it. It's one of the only, only Zelda games I hadn't played before. So it's very good though. What nice. about you? Well, Holden, uh, finally I have achieved the goal of seeing the third mummy movie. Yeah. A long time coming. The mummy tomb of the dragon emperor, which I started this journey, I think two years ago mm-hmm. when I watched the first two mummies just to understand the third one. Cause I was, yeah. I teach about the first emperor of China, Chen Shi Wang, and he's the antagonist of the third movie. And so I was like, Oh, I got to watch this. And, but I can't just wa- go to the third one. Yeah. You, need, watch context. The first two. you need to know what Brendan Fraser's up to. Yeah. So I watched the first <laughs> two and just never got around to the third one. It's also just not on anything and never has been on anything. I don't think. Yeah. For streaming services, for whatever reason, I do not know what's going on with the copyright stuff there. It yeah, seems like a thing that should, should just be thing. free on Tubi. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> understand why it isn't. Um, this movie is universally hated. Fans of the franchise don't really like it. Uh, Rachel Vice is, is uh, recasted. Uh, her character, uh, Ellie O'Connell, I think is her name. Something like that. Something like that. The, like the wife. I, I have not gone back and rewatched the first two. So uh, I think it's, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Maria Bello. Maria Bello. Um, she is, she's recasting the role. And I, I, since I haven't gone back and rewatched the first two, it didn't really bother me because mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't really remember the nuances of her character. I had such a good time with this movie, Holden. I, my expectations were very low and it was so fun, especially the first half. I think mm-hmm. it's just ridiculously fun. It's goofy. It's swashbuckling. It's a great adventure. It's got all that good stuff from the first half of Jungle Cruise that I loved as well. Um, the history is like on point in a lot of things. Of course, there's things that's just not right, or they they kind of take uh, Chin Shi Wong, the first ever China story, and, and mix it with Shangri La, the legend. You know, a lot of parallels to Uncharted Two, even though this came out a year earlier. I mm-hmm. think they were probably simultaneously created, so just coincidental. But like you know, you got like Yeti stuff in it and Shangri La and all that. But uh, it's so much fun and it's a uh, very creative that what they did with the history um especially with like the terracotta army coming back to life and it yeah. being like a curse and they incorporate his you know quest for immortality and the great wall and the terracotta army his tomb the mysteries of it um how it, there's like booby traps and stuff and and what it looks like you know they took a lot of liberties with what it looks like but or what we think it looks like because we have not actually explored it but they even had like references to how many concubines he has, you know, like little <laughs> things like that. It's like, okay, yeah, no, they, they, sure. they knew their stuff when they were putting this together. Um, and I think the, the really great idea from it was basically the first emperor was the one who started building the great wall and he forced all these people to build the great wall against their will. And hundreds of thousands of them died of exhaustion and starvation or just from dangerous accidents. So having this witch lady to like revive them and bring them back to fight against him and his terracotta army. So you got these like zombie peasants, Chinese peasants fighting against the 
the terracotta, you know, warrior army. And it's, but then it's also like world war twos in there and mm-hmm. it, it's great. I, I thought it was great. Liam Cunningham is in it. That's right. The onion that. knight from game of Thrones, uh, Sir Davos. Um, it's, yeah, I thought it was just a ton of fun. The second half loses me a little bit, but there's still enough spectacle and fun action. Jet Lee, mm-hmm. the man himself, is the first emperor. I wish he would have had more to do in terms of his action, but honestly, so many good ideas. There's even a little reference uh, when they're in Shanghai to a little Sing Tao holding the Chinese beer. Um, God. <laughs> there's like, there's essentially, you know, the club Obi-Wan in Temple of Doom. There's base. they just made that. And mm. it's, it's called Imhoteps or whatever they oh, have mummy from oh the first gosh. two. But it's, it, it's, it's different enough. There's, yeah, there's a lot, a whole sequence in Shanghai that's really fun. There's like a chariot chase in the, in downtown Shanghai in 1940s. And yeah, just really fun. The music's great. Mm. Um, would I it is overhated, I would say. Overhated. Sure, sure. Uh lots of fun to be had. Check it out. And and Chinchuang, I mean, just the way he dies is spectacular. Uh very questionable CGI in there at points. Sure. They very ambitious, but I loved it. I need to go back and rewatch the first two. Uh it was uh, yeah, highly recommend that movie that has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, hold on. I finally got watching, you know, this movie that's not quite as good. Birdman. Uh, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> best <quite>. picture movie. <laughs> uh, the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Is yeah. that the other? Or the end? Yeah. I really like that one a lot, too. Great style. Loved how they made it look like a one I thought it was even more impressive than 1917. Oh, yeah. Um, thought the soundtrack or the score was great with the, the drums and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Really creatively written. Great performances. Very good cast, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, just really, really, really good. Another good Emma um, Stone performance. Great, like, <laughs> weird, abstract, surrealist things happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic. Just you know, very worthy of winning best picture. Yeah. Um, even though I like whiplash more. Yeah. So I think I do too. Those are the two things I watch. We, I still haven't watched the last Percy Jackson episode, so still mm-hmm. got to watch that. Haven't been playing anything other than beat saber. So that's where I'm at holding, uh, in terms of next week. Yeah. We're going to, um, take a gap week, I think, uh, cause Jimmy, <coughs> Jimmy bought a house. Mm-hmm. So we're moving. So this is going to be the last time we're recording in this setup like this. Um, but next time you see us, it'll be at, at his new place. But yeah. we're, I'm I'm helping him move next week, yeah. so that'll be that'll be thrilling. But it it works <laughs> it works out because uh, there's not really any new releases coming out next week that we'd be doing. Um, and I think I think we can we if we do one Oscar nom for every other week, we will make it in time. Yeah. So, and we've done like three movies in a week before. Yeah. So, so we can do it the week after though, in two weeks, you can look forward to our Madam web. <laughs> oh yeah. Probably maestro or, uh, if zone of interest is playing nearby here, maybe that as well. Mm-hmm. So some, one of those, one of the Oscar noms, but the, yeah. re- review the super bowl, read the super bowl. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. We're not. I guess. Oh yeah, we could talk about if there's any trailers that drop. That'll be that. That in two weeks, we yeah. can talk about that. So, anyway, um, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five star review on iTunes or email us at tompodcast at gmail or donate to our Patreon. And that's it. Say goodbye to this setup. Say goodbye to this apartment. 
back here. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Hopefully it will look better or the similar. I don't know. It might not, there might not be as nice of a background for a while until we get everything situated. Yeah. But yeah, there we go. That is uh, this week's episode. And uh, next time we'll see you, it'll be, a, will be our fifth anniversary of that one movie podcast. Oh my gosh. In a new place. In a new place. The next every, chapter. Every five years, that's what will happen. The, uh, what were, <laughs> we, had a, we had a conversation about, this could be the final thing. We had a conversation about all the Scorpion King subtitles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, quest for power, <laughs> book of book of shadows. No, book of souls? Book of souls, yeah. Uh, quest for power. And now this is Tomp, the new chapter. You know, just yeah. generic <laughs> subtitle. Chapter. All right. Uh, we'll see you then. Adios, Bantalones. Love you.